I was doing gardening. I was in my overalls covered in like weeds. I took a Benadryl and I just fell asleep and I woke up and drool. I couldn't even show myself. I was so disgusting. You know, Gigi, there's better things than Benadryl you can do for sinuses. I don't take just Benadryl. I have to take like Claritin stuff as well. And what do you suggest? There's steroid nasal sprays, cortisone. It'll solve it. My husband's just like, you know, just go to the doctor and find out if they've got something. I don't listen to him. I'm like, no, no. Like I'll do this over the counter stuff. But as soon as somebody else tells me to go to the doctor to go get something stronger, I listen to that other person, but I never listen to my husband and it drives him crazy. He's like, oh, you'll go to the doctor because patients tells you to go to the doctor, but you won't go to the doctor when I tell you to go to the doctor and I'm a doctor. Can I just preface this by saying Jacob Six is stupid and dumb and I think we should just power straight through the damn thing. Let's do it, Giants. Are y'all ready? I mean, it's only like 12 <laughs> verses long. Now he's going to waste 12 fucking verses telling us what chapter 5 meant, which incidentally is the longest in the entire Book of Mormon. Jacob 7 is interesting because there's death in it. I hope Jacob dies. Does Jacob die? Oh, so you're going to make me want to skip ahead just to see who dies. Don't skip ahead. You'll ruin it for yourself. Delayed gratification. <laughs> I will wait. Don't do it. I had my husband listen to the last podcast that I was on. We were listening to the saints. I have to make a retraction. I said, I don't think that you can have nerve endings going that deep into your like bone. My husband was like, Gigi, you are incorrect. He's like, you have nerve endings there. That's going to hurt. Yeah. And that just gives more credence to patient's theory that Joseph Smith was mad. Like he went crazy from the pain and that's what caused his ego to start this cult. That is an interesting theory, but I have a different idea <laughs> from my own personal history. Being nuts actually runs in my family. How does it, James? How nuts are you? Until <laughs> last year, I didn't know I was autistic. Uh, so anyways, my youngest, my son, he was diagnosed as being autistic when he was five. We noticed more and more that the things that he did were awfully similar to the things that I did. <laughs> Going through my life, I noticed that the things that I did are really a lot like the things that my father did. You know, so my son is autistic. I'm autistic. My father is most certainly autistic. And my grandmother, who is dead, thank heavens, the bitch was crazy. Uh, <laughs> going back to Joseph Smith, the things he did, the storytelling and the treasure seeking and the glass looking was stuff that he got from his father. Right. In addition, both his father and mother's families were very much invested in the whole folk magic type thing. Maybe it's just genetic. You don't think it was the excruciating agony causing a madness. It was just the genetic <laughs> desire for money. Well, because like you pointed out when we were doing that podcast is that like during the Civil War, there were hundreds that got their legs amputated. Right. Didn't go batshit crazy to start a cult. See, I'm not doing anything that high-minded. I've been watching TikTok videos where somebody like, I don't know how they do this, but it's just their eyes and their mouth, and it's like Joseph Smith's face, and then they like say <laughs> things for Joseph Smith. Yeah, my wife occasionally... I'm like in love. My brain is fried. There's too much bad news in the world right now, so when I turn on social media, it better be kind of ridiculous at this point. Say, I want to make some more fun content for the Book of Boredom TikTok. I've got a new one about to come out. Oh, yeah. Is that what you made that image plate for? Right. I ended up going nuts in Blender, the 3D <laughs> Oh, program. God, no. Okay. 
Well, hey, as long as you had fun. I didn't really. It was entirely frustrating and I didn't have the time. Yeah, I've heard Blender can be like that. I have learned a lot. So maybe next time it'll be quicker, right? I've had a frustrating week, to be completely honest. (laughs) I'm overworked and I don't know what to do with myself. (laughs) Before we go ahead, James, I got to say, I love the black nail polish. (laughs) It matches the black rimmed glasses. It all together looks pretty cool. You know, he's got tattoos, punk rock. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I did nail polish and makeup back during my goth phase, you know, when I was a teenager. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. It, very little of it, mostly to piss off my parents. And boy, howdy, did it work. That's the way. I have no depth perception. My wife does it for me. But the problem is this shit chips so easily. I end up looking like a raggedy man. You can do like multiple coats and then you do a top coat. I don't fucking care that much. Ah, <laughs> uh, but then it all just flakes off together. You know, it's just so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Just like, I don't have enough time in my life. When I waited tables, I always had to go get a man and I hated people touching my hands. I hated everything about it. But like I was serving food. I didn't want like, oh, here's your food. And then my hands be like ogre. As soon as I didn't have to, I didn't, yeah, I didn't like doing it. I have habitually chewed my fingernails my entire fucking life. Whenever I get anxious, I chew it down to nubs to the point where I'm bleeding. When my nails are painted, I don't do that. And my nails grow out. That's one of the main reasons I keep doing it. Probably come up with something else to do when I'm nervous, but. (laughs) I think with black polish too, if you're going for the grungy look, it doesn't matter that it's chipped. Yeah. My daughter has this color that I really like as well, but she's like, dad, you usually got all my nail polish. So she bought me this matte black stuff. Use this. Don't use mine anymore. It's like, okay, fine. You know what you should do one time? Paint like alternative black and then the dark green. That could look really cool. Yeah. Two or three times I've done an alternative color on just one finger. Of course, the first time it was on this finger. (laughs) This is my favorite finger. Your favorite finger, that's right. Give everyone the favorite finger that you don't like. So another time I did an alternate color on my pinky nail. You make me want to get painting again. (laughs) Hey, I wouldn't do it myself if it was just me because that's just such a pain in the ass. But, you know, my wife and I are watching TV. I can just slap my hand on the table and she can knock it out in five minutes. That's the way. That's cool. I like that. Your wife sounds really cool. The coolest person I've ever met. (laughs) And you've all heard his wife on our Maroney's Ouija board fake ad. That was my formerly eternal, now just until we die companion. Oh, That's until right, you yeah, die. just until we die. <laughs> Which is a great time to reevaluate, don't you think? Like you both are dead and you're like, you know what? Now that we know everything that happens after death, like maybe it's a good time for us to renegotiate. Should we see other ghosts? <laughs> I guess you could see anybody that ever existed. How do you know that the love of your life didn't live and die 5,000 years ago? Like I have no idea. Anyways, I didn't mean to cut you off, Patience, because you were about to get started. No, that's cool. Cut me off. That's generally how we do this. We're about to start, and then we go off with some fucking tangent for another half hour. That's why Patience has to edit so much fucking shit out of here <laughs> to make it so our episodes aren't like nine hours long. Is there a preface? Yeah, let me read the preface. The Lord will recover Israel in the last days. The world will be burned with fire. Men must follow Christ to avoid the lake of fire and brimstone. About 544 to 421 BC. Okay, I'm excited about this. 
And now behold, my brethren, as I said unto you that I would prophesy, behold, that the things which this prophet Zenos spake, oh my God, his name is Zenos. Prophesy, prophecy, and prophet Z. That's right. It's prophesy, GG. Get it right. Prophesy, S-Y. Prophecy, C-Y. Okay. Concerning the house of Israel, in which he likened them unto a tame olive tree, but surely come to pass. What is he? have to recap when his whole thing about the olive tree was one endless recap for 77 Please verses. don't tell me we have to talk about the olive tree again. Just burn <laughs> the olive tree? Yeah. No kidding. Okay. And the day that he shall set his hand again, the second time to recover his people, is the day, yea, even the last time, that the servants of the Lord shall go forth in his power to nourish and prune his vineyard. Oh, He's God. still talking and after about that the end soon <laughs> come <laughs> Poor Pudding, she just got back from the dentist. That's right, she had bad breath. The dentist pulled out a bunch of her teeth. The dentist was so creepy because he came out of the room, right? And one eye was like completely bloodshot. And he very proudly presented to me a Ziploc bag of like three or four teeth. Like I know my mom kept like all my baby teeth for way too long. They actually decomposed in this little keepsake box that she had. Yep, my mom kept hers in a jewelry box. All seven children in a jewelry box. Yep. She keeps her children in a box. And after she died. <laughs> And I know that a lot of people are like, this is my fur baby, because maybe he thought that you wanted to keep your baby's teeth. No, did not want them. I didn't know what to do with it. When he handed it to me, I was like, this is disgusting. Thank you. Okay. This is medical waste, motherfucker. Throw it away. <laughs> so Pudding's on drugs right now. She's on pain medication and antibiotics. Oh, poor Pudding. And she's been licking her little forearm where they shaved it. Oh, she's so pathetic. It's so sad. And I have to grind up drugs and put him in ham. <laughs> best way I've found to give medicine to dogs is I take hot dogs and I cut them up into sections like about an inch and a half long, put the knife in the end of it so it has a little cross hatch. And I stuff the pill in it. Sometimes I'll put peanut butter on it and Mouse will just be like, holy fuck! And, like, rawr, rawr, and you know, it's gone before he notices that he just ate a pill like two inches long. Yeah, I've been getting good at drugging the dogs. So anyway, sorry about that side. So yeah, that's what Pudding is doing in the back there. And how blessed are they who have labored diligently in his vineyard. And how cursed are they who shall be cast out into their own place. And the world shall be burned with fire. I guess the only good place to be is in his fucking vineyard, slaving away. It sounds like he's going to buy me my own place. He's going to buy everyone their own place. Ah. Oh. And how merciful is our God unto us, for he remembereth the house of Israel, both root and branches, and he stretches forth his hand unto them all the day long. And they are a stiff-necked and gainsaying people, but as many as will not harden their hearts shall be saved in the kingdom of God. He's reaching forth his hand to us again, Jones. He loves to do mm, that. He does. I wish he would respect my boundaries. I know. Like, keep his hands to himself. That's right. Don't be a Biden. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> 
Hi, Pudding. You're being very loud today. Actually, it's Molly. Molly's barking at Pudding. Hold on, she's caught in my earphones. <laughs> oh, God. My husband might be coming home, and that's why they're getting excited. I heard a vehicle outside. Yep, there he is. That's why they were barking. <laughs> okay, go on, go on. Verse 5. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, I beseech of you in words of soberness that ye would repent and come with full purpose of heart and cleave unto God as he cleaveth unto you. I wish I could cleave his head. And while his arm of mercy is extended toward you in the light of the day, harden not your hearts. He just said that. Yea, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Motherfucker, this is a different verse. He fucking said, harden not your hearts. I know, I know. Working his fingers to the bone, put the same shit in those gold plates over and over again. Poor Oliver Cowdery. <laughs> Yea, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, for why will ye die? Fuck me running. Okay. Uh, fuck me running. I've never heard that one before. That's a good one. Huh. That's, I'm surprised. I, I use that one a lot. My favorites usually fuck me sideways. Oh, that's a good one. But fuck me running. <laughs> Oh, behold, <laughs> after ye have been nourished by the tit of God, no, by the good word of God all the day long, will ye bring forth evil fruit that ye must be hewn down and cast into the fire, question mark? Behold, will ye reject these words? Will ye reject the words of the prophets? And will ye reject all the words which have been spoken concerning Christ. And you do speak a lot of words, don't you, Smitty? And says so little. After so many have spoken concerning him, oh, you just had to speak some more about him, didn't you? And deny the good word of Christ. Who didn't exist 500 BC. That's right. And the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost and quench the Holy Ghost and make a mock of the great plan of redemption, which hath been laid for you. Wow. Oh, wait, wait, wait. All of that's a question. <laughs> I am confused. I know. <laughs> okay, Patience, are you still reading from the original text? No, this is the modern. It's still word salad. <laughs> well, of course it is. But notice here that he says, and the gift of the Holy Ghost and quench the Holy Spirit. Why Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit? He wanted some variety, I guess. Probably Oliver Cowdery got bored and just popped in spirit there instead just to mix it up. You point out something I didn't realize. You're right. They're saying that this was supposed to have happened in 544 to 421 BC. And they're talking about Christ before he was born. That's what they've been doing the whole time, JJ. <laughs> this is like just basically warning them that the Messiah is coming or that specifically Jesus Christ is coming. Like the one guy. So they're in general just speaking about the coming of the Messiah. They're specifically talking about Jesus here. But as patients said, it's retconning. None of these concepts existed in Jewish culture. It's apocryphal, just like so many other things in the Book of Mormon. These things did not exist at the time that they are claiming they existed. I forget sometimes to start looking at the logic, it all falls apart. I forget that this was a made-up story by a 14, 15-year-old boy who just wrote it down. How old was he again when he did this? Uh, he was in his 20s, though he had been spinning tales since he was 14, 15. When I remind myself of that fact, I remind 
remind myself to not argue with this craziness and try to make sense of it. Right. I mean, on one hand, argue with it and look at it and say, wait, this doesn't make any sense. Or you end up just like the Mormons saying, this is the most inspired book. I love this book. I learn something new every time. They're all just pretending that they've read it and that they've understood it. They have, in fact, just scanned through it while they're falling asleep <laughs> because mom and dad won't let them go to bed until you read your fucking scriptures. Terrible bedtime reading. What a Mormon's dreams like. Oh my God. Well, mine were pretty fucking horrific, but you know, oh. that was just me. My dad's were even worse. 12 or 13, I had this really horrible one where it was all darkness and I could just hear a very calm voice telling me in horrific detail how it was going to hunt me down and murder me. And I would wake up just screaming my head off. It's horrible. But my dad, I think I've mentioned that my father is a visionary man like unto Lehi. Ah. Uh. But he would wake me up often when I was growing up to tell me about his dreams. It didn't matter what the dream was. Somehow it always related back to the church. Uh, so it's 3 a.m. Even worse, I may have just got done doing teenage activities and then my dad walks in. And so here's my dad trying to somehow link, for example, lasagna and the kingdom of heaven. And I'm like, Dad, leave me the fuck alone. I want to sleep or I want to finish jacking off. Let me enjoy my afterglow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, there was one instance that actually kind of fucked me up. I had a acquaintance that had committed suicide. I didn't know him well. He was a friend of my girlfriend. My father woke me up the night after his funeral and told me about how people that commit suicide can't go to the celestial kingdom. They are trapped in the third dimension and you have to be able to go to the fourth dimension, whatever. And so he was like, anybody that commits suicide is trapped forever, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, dad, whatever. And then the next day, my girlfriend committed suicide. Oh my that God. Really yeah, what? that fucked me up. There's no way my father could have known that the next day my girlfriend was going to commit suicide. But like Jones. just having that happen to me, it was, I was like, oh my God. Are you okay? Holy fuck. To be fair, that was back in 96. So. I know, but you must have been distraught. Yes, I was. How long did it take you to get over that? Uh, yeah. It gets less. That's horrible. It was. I used to memorialize her probably for a good six years every November first because that's when it happened. Well, to have anybody say like, oh, well, that person is not going to get to heaven or this per, you know, it's like nobody needs to fucking hear that shit. No, of course, it is Mormon doctrine. It's so unnecessary, isn't it? They talk like they know, like anybody knows what's going to happen after death. Like, Jesus Christ. You know, because I grew up and was convinced that my dad could predict the future and that my dad could, like, for example, my mom was convinced that my dad always knew the gender of a baby before it was born. Uh, that's because he was 50% correct and she just happened to catch him on a few good days. And then you remember the times that they're right. She wouldn't think about the times when he was wrong. It, it would be disregarded. And there came a point where he was wrong like three or four times in a row and he just stopped doing it. <laughs> and then he would say, well, yeah, I know, but the Lord has told me I, I shouldn't be telling people. Mom was convinced and so because of that, she would try to convince us kids of that. She was also convinced that my father could communicate to us telepathically over distance and be able to tell the direction any of his family members were. So we were raised on the stories of my 
prophetic, spiritual father. Did you ever listen to a late night radio guy called Art Bell? No. He was this guy that used to work out of Prump, Nevada, where he'd say, hey, if you're a time traveler, because I mean, if time travel exists, like some of them are coming back to this time, and like people would call in. And then he'd be like, hey, if you've been abducted by an alien. And so like Art Bell would get like the craziest, and it was all Americana, because you know, this was like Midwest, this was like Utah. You know, I'm a skeptic, but I love listening to people that believe, right? I mean, he had people like that believed in all these weird things. You know, it's interesting that America and this religion has created these believers, these dreamers, these magic thinkers, instead of scientists and more pragmatic thinkers. Right. Well, I guarantee that not all of those folks were Mormon. And in fact, my grandmother, she was very similar to my father. Like she thought she talked to God. She thought that God told her to do a new translation of the Bible. Oh, really? And she was doing that before she died. How far did she get? <laughs> I don't know. But she was crazy. My father was crazy. I'm crazy. But I at least know why I'm crazy. <laughs> right. You're not running to your children's room every time you have a bad dream saying, oh my God, the Lord, you're Savior has instructed me to take you out to the desert and maybe sacrifice you. We're not sure. We'll wait until we get there and then maybe God will say, don't kill your child. My dad did take me out to a mount. Well, it wasn't even a mount. It was a hill out amongst a bunch of hills out by Sligman, Arizona. Not for sacrificing, but because the Lord had told him that this was a sacred mountain. Oh. And that one day he would bring his son out there and the truth would be revealed to his son and his son would be changed forever. My dad took me out there and he's like, this is the mountain, this is the sacred place, blah, blah, blah. And I went, huh, okay, I'm hungry, dad. Can we go get some food? <laughs> and he never talked about it again. <laughs> In our family growing up, there were weird ideas about telepathy and things like that. We wouldn't call them that, but they were. And you know what? They really did my head in. And I guess I inherited some of that magical thinking. Otherwise, I wouldn't have let them do my head in, right? And it's only a hop, skip and a jump away from what psychiatrists would call schizophrenia. I remember reading one of my dad's journals, actually recently, because both my parents were on a mission in Hawaii for the church. Even at a later stage. Yeah, they have old people missions for retired people. Mission couples, yeah. They were out there at the Polynesian Cultural Center. They don't make the old people go door to door and ride bicycles. They send them to Hawaii. <laughs> They put them in like an information center in Hawaii where they get a greet of visitors. They sent my folks to Hawaii because my dad's a fucking genius when it comes to HVAC and electrical stuff. So they put him to work. Yes, they put him to work. They used his expertise. And then they plugged my mom into the publicity department because they didn't know what to do with her. When they left, they put all their stuff into four giant Tupperware totes. They sold their home. They sold all of their stuff. What are they going to do when they are done? Well, actually, I mean, it's not a bad thing. They're in Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although my mom's getting sick and tired of Hawaii because oh. all the grandkids are here on the mainland. She likes to be around people. Oh, she's a Mormon. Of course she's social. That's just the way she is. That's the way she grew up. Remember, she's a convert. Uh. My dad, autistic as fuck, doesn't really like being around people. So he doesn't mind staying out there. <laughs> and also he really likes surfing and snorkeling and scuba diving and fishing and Hawaii is pretty much perfect for that. Anyways, so when they put all their stuff into totes, I was looking at one of my dad's journals. He's writing down what the Lord is saying to him. And there was this line in there that said, I am speaking to you in your own thoughts because this is the way that your mind will most recognize what I have to say. 
So even though my dad knew that the voice in his head was just his thoughts, he still was like, but no, it's God. Well, when your church tells you that you've got the direct line, you Mm -hmm. know. Well, yeah, it's personal revelation. That's the thing about the church. I think maybe that's why my dad identified so much with the church, because if he could get personal revelation, that means that what he was hearing in his head and the thoughts that were happening, those were not him just being crazy. That was actually communication from the divine. Legitimate God communication. Revelation via journaling. There was a fellow probably about 20 years ago now who wrote a book that was essentially just that. It sold really well. He was like a Christian who was struggling and he basically wanted to have a chat with God and apparently God started talking to him while he was journaling. (laughs) I had a friend recommend this book to me as I was getting out of religion and I'm like, nah. nah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be in religion if that's the proof mm-hmm. for it. I just don't need it at all. It must have served some purpose in our evolutionary development because it stuck around for so long. But the problem is evolution is only concerned about passing on genes. It's not concerned about anything else. And religion makes us so illogical interpret whatever we feel as being the truth and what everybody else feels as being wrong. We've gotten to the point where we need to get away from religion. Oh, I know. Welcome to my life work, James. This <laughs> dividing things into camp and saying I'm right and everybody else is wrong, our ability to destroy ourselves and the world is just increasing exponentially. And until we get past that emotional feelings over facts drive that we have, we're never going to advance as a species. I don't know that we're going to survive. But we have doctrines such as this Book of Mormon telling everybody that the second coming is imminent. The second coming has been imminent since two days after Jesus supposedly died. Right. And to prepare for the end of the world and to start stockpiling guns and food. I mean, we don't need this because you know what? The sky has been falling since Chicken Little figured out there was a sky. I can see the art for this episode now. Chicken Little running around with a can of green beans. <laughs> there you go. And gun one hand, green beans and Getting back to Jacob 6, this aside started when we were talking about Christ not being a word yet. I did a quick search in the King James Bible for Christ. Nothing in the Old Testament for the word Christ at all. What about like the word Messiah? It's only in the Old Testament twice. First one's in Daniel and the second one's also in Daniel. (laughs) That's it. None of the rest of the Old Testament. Nothing in the Torah. (laughs) Like I was saying, these concepts did not exist in Judaism. It wasn't for a spiritual Messiah. Messiah. It was for a soldier Messiah to come and kick the Romans' asses for coming and taking them over. And then before them, the Babylonians, they were looking for somebody to come in and kick some ass. And as I recall, it wasn't in Judaism until, you know, after they'd gone through a few conquerings. That's right. Isn't it interesting that the first time we hear about a Messiah is after they've been conquered and whatever a couple of times in Daniel. You know, they got King Nebuchadnezzar and whatever. And Is that the one where they were chucked in the fiery furnace? Something like that, yeah, and Daniel in the lion's den and some of these great stories. Adshak, Meshach, and Abednego. (laughs) I'm sure I'm saying those are Something like that. Oh, now I've forgotten. How can I forget? Maybe this is a good thing. My brain's being overwritten with good shit. (laughs) <laughs> well, the only the only reason I even remember that much is because uh, my kids used to watch Veggie Tales. And- oh, Veggie right, Tales! Oh, where is my hairbrush? 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 Oh
<laughs> Suddenly, he found this and this and this and this. And then, slightly embarrassed at the sight of what's-a-face in a bath towel, he said, <laughs> Oh, where's my hairbrush? VeggieTales was where they proved things. And so when we were raising our kids, watching the VeggieTales where they were doing biblical stories was just so stupid and painful that we actually got a DVD that had just the sing-alongs from VeggieTales. So those songs are like buried very deep right in the back of my skull. I know, it's a shame because it's like, yeah, they make it really fun, but there's a hidden message there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's not all cucumbers and tomatoes, people. <laughs> They're planting a seed of Jesus in you. Did you ever notice that the veggies never said the word Jesus? And Jesus was never represented because they didn't want to show Jesus as a veggie. Ah. Yeah, what would they make him? Like an eggplant? <laughs> Nail him to a celery cross? I mean, is he a cucumber? Like, what is Jesus if you had to make him into a vegetable? That's a really good question. What's the king of vegetables? I mean, I love avocados, but that's just me. <laughs> avocados are pretty They're good, but fruit, I... Technically, but... <laughs> The pineapple, because it's got Ooh. a crown. Yeah, right. Oh, because your pineapple's got a crown. Ah, uh, pineapple, JJ, of course. It's a safe word and the king of vegetables. Sure. <laughs> We're so fruit and veggie heavy here. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Book of Bottom, the fruit and veggie episode. <laughs> fruit and veggie and dad saying some really weird shit where everybody breaks out into song over where is my hairbrush <laughs> <laughs> alright who's uh, being cast into a lake of fire anyone in this chapter know ye not that if ye will do these things at the power of the redemption and the resurrection riches in Christ will bring you to stand with shame an awful guilt before the bar of God, question mark. Now, hang on. That sounded like a statement and then ended like a question. And this is like reading a bad legal brief. That was like the verse beforehand. It did the same thing where it was so long. I didn't realize it was a question. He's like, don't you know that like, you will be full of shame if you don't repent? Uh -huh. Don't you know that this is a bad way to write scripture? Is there a good way to write scripture? <laughs> <laughs> well, it starts with being grammatically correct and then goes from there. Then I've never seen good scripture because I've <laughs> no. seen some of the shit that happens at the King James Version. And it's oh, atrocious. Well. <laughs> So here's verse 10 where we're going to get into a little bit of the leg of fire. And according to the power of justice, for justice cannot be denied. Oh, can't it? Ye may go away into the lake of fire and brimstone, whose flames are unquenchable. We get it. I know, right? <laughs> and whose smoke ascendeth up forever and ever, which lake of fire and brimstone is Endless torment. Whatever. I think that sounds like a good time. <laughs> it's like a hot bath. <laughs> it's like fireworks. Better to be hot than freezing, like, you know. Ah, uh, Smitty wishes he was as hot as me. <laughs> oh, then, my beloved brethren, repent ye and enter in at the straight gate. Smitty loves to enter in straight. Only in the straight mm. gate, people. And continue in the way which is narrow. Oh, he likes it extra good when it's narrow. Until ye shall obtain eternal life. He's like the straight and narrow baby. Oh, Smitty, he's such a pervert. Mm -hmm. Oh, be wise 
What can I say more? That has got to be the shortest verse of the entire <laughs> fucking book, Mormon. Yeah, I like that verse. What can I say more? But he's still going to say more. Well, let me tell you what I could say more here in verse 13. Yeah. Finally, I bid you farewell until I shall meet you before the pleading bar of God, which bar striketh the wicked with awful dread and fear. He says God's bar is pleasing. It's a pleasing bar, but it's also going to strike the wicked with awful dread and fear. What is he talking about? I don't know if I like this bar. <laughs> Smitty's bar can do everything. It's a Swiss Army bar. Oh, Swiss Army it bar. It has many purposes. Mm-hmm. It's been really great chatting with you. The gang's all here. Including the yappy ones. Right. Sorry about the dogs. Oh, they're so cute. <laughs>